Hey, welcome to another exciting podcast from Freedom House Church. My name is Troy Maxwell. I'm the senior pastor of our church. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, which means we have different communicators at all of our different locations. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from one of our teaching teams. I know that it will bless you. You will walk away changed. So enjoy this message. Well, hey, what's up, Freedom House? Come on, let's give God a big hand clap today. Aren't you glad to be in the house? More of you. Also, we got a bunch of people online. Can we give it up for all of our online people, house parties? They're not really back there. They're in the camera. The girl, lady looked back there like, are they really back there? No, they're through the cameras through there. That's all right. It's all right. That's all right. Hey, uh, I just want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, You know, I'm sure that you are are aware of what's been going on in the world, and last two weeks, three weeks have been really challenging. Really, the last three months have been challenging um, because of coronavirus, and then, you know, kind of everything shut down, and then everything's picking back up, and then with the George Floyd incident, the uh, Ahmaud Aubrey incident that happened, and there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of anger that's happening in our in our country, and you know, as a pastor of a church, you know, we've been, this church has been in existence for 18 years. Come on, almost 19 years. Isn't that great? And, and the thing, 18 years, it's going to be almost 18 years. And the thing that, that I love about this church is, first of all, that we're not afraid to tackle hard issues. And um, let me just say something from my heart, if I can, before I get into this, is I am honored to be your pastor. I love being your pastor. Um, I am grateful for, uh, for my black brothers and sisters, white, Hispanic, Asian, because I know that it's difficult to go to a church that is multi-race, multi-ethnic. I know I have conversations with my black brothers and sisters, and, and I know that it's difficult to to be at a church with a white pastor. Um, It's easier to go where everybody looks like you, talks like you, and acts like you. And so I know that it's a sacrifice to make a decision to go to a church that's different. Um, And there's gonna be tension. There's always gonna be tension when you go somewhere that has a bunch of different people and you throw them into the same room. And so today I want to continue the conversation Okay, now I want to just say something before we get into this, because we're going to ask some questions, and we've got about 30, 35 minutes. We're not going to solve all of the world's issues in 35 minutes. Just to make that clear, okay, because I know what's going to happen. You're going to go, well, why didn't they talk about this? And well, why didn't they talk about that? Well, we can't talk about everything in 35 minutes, but we can start the conversation. And guess what you can do? You can carry this conversation to your office. You can take it to your home. Um, And you can be a Christian wherever you go, because I believe that, yes, we do need government change. Yes, we do need systematic change. Yes, we do need new laws. Yes, we do that. But it starts right here in the church. And Jesus is the center of it all, and he is the hope of the world. And if you believe that, then you realize that it's not just another person's issue. It's my issue as well. And so, um, so the rules of engagement are this that you might hear something that you don't like. You might hear an opinion that doesn't agree with yours. And guess what? That's okay. That's all right. That's why we're having this conversation is so we can talk about some things that maybe you won't agree with. What I don't want you to do is immediately get on Facebook and start sharing your opinions 
with everybody else about what you agree or disagree with. That's not going to solve anything. Everybody understand that? Social media is not going to solve the problem. Okay, five of you agree with me there. Okay, I guess the rest of you don't believe that. Maybe we need to have a panel on social media next week. Uh, All right, sharing our opinions on Facebook and Instagram are not going to solve the issue. Having conversations like this and digging into the real root of things is really where, where the beginning is. And so, so I've invited some of my uh, friends and some of my people that have, some of my peeps that have been in this church for a while. And, uh, and so I'm going to get right into this. I'll introduce them as we talk. Um, you know, all of you have been involved in this. I've had conversations with you about what's been going on. And the first question, and, and Charles, I want you to kind of hit, hit this first. Um, you saw the video, you saw what happened to Ahmaud Aubrey. You, you see all the tension that's going on. H- how do you feel as a, a, as a young black man, minister, new father? Um, how do you feel about all this? Share a little bit about what's going on in your heart. Um, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to, to share on it. But um, as I've, I've, and we've talked, you know, it, it was just heartbreaking and very disturbing but also frustrating because this is not a new subject or a new thing that happened. This has been going on, hashtag after hashtag, and even before hashtags were a thing, just the social injustice um, against like African-American people, brown people, and being you know, a minister of the gospel and now having an 18-month-old son of my own and uh, seeing some of the just some of the tension that is directly affected me. I grew up, my parents raised me in a very way to not even think about a person's race. It's just people, you know, they had us in church and they would teach us, but there were also some things that my father would tell us and even some things I saw him go through. Hey, when you are stopped by the police, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, well, why I have to do that? And you know, my friend over here, who's a white guy, he doesn't have to do that. Well. You don't want to be a threat. And so the conversations and the seeds were planted early, like, man, there's something different and wrong with this world, but I feel like my purpose is being um, summons for this season to be a bridge builder, uh, to not only educate, but not only share uh, my experiences, but to connect and, and through the word of God, find ways to push things forward so that we can really see some change and it not just be a hashtag that's going on for a little while, then it'll fade away until yeah. the next time. Yeah. Bob, Bob's been in this church for a while, eight years. Um, he is 59 and holding. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not saying 60. Yeah, 60s are good. That's the new 59. You look good. You yeah, look good. thank you, sir. Tell, tell us what's going on in your heart. So for me, guys, it was um, anger over the senselessness. Now, think about this now. You go from um, a prospective counterfeit bill to death. That should never be. Ain't that right? I mean, you know, who, who knows if they have counterfeit bills or not, right? I mean, I could go to an ATM, and, and, and if it gives me counterfeit bills, I wouldn't know. I mean, how do you go from that to death? And then even with the mod, you know, uh, uh, anytime they're building a new home in our neighborhood, all the neighbors go in and look at the floor plan, don't we? We all go look at the floor plan. We peek in until they actually lock the doors and put the appliances in. We look at the different architecture and stuff like that. How do you go from looking in a window and admiring something to death? So that's the anger that, uh, that I had um, around these two situations. And, and then on the other note, 
um, now you see. You know, with video, you, we, we've been telling you about this, we African Americans, for years, right? Being 60, I actually was 10 years old, nine years old when, when Martin Luther King got killed and went through those riots, mm -hmm. right? And the social change. But so now everyone sees the brutality that we've been talking about, the senselessness that we've been talking about for years. So I'm hopeful, just like in the 60s, how we saw change in movement, we're gonna see that now because now we're all united. Everyone's seen the video, everyone's aware, we're gonna pull together, we're gonna unite ourselves and bring about the change that needs to be. Very good, very good. Montel, very good. Montel's been in the church for about two years. Um, he's married to a white woman, and so I uh, interviewed him on Real Talk with Pastor Troy this week, and, and uh, tell us what's going on in your heart. As a businessman, too, you're, you're a part of a, a, a nationally known company right here in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you for having the opportunity to, to have this platform uh, as believers in Christ, right? Um, very important, but from my, from, from my perspective, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Um, to, to see that video uh, and see a young man crying out for his mom. Mm. Um, it, it put me in a, a very sad and, and bad place where you know, it almost brought me to tears. Um, and having to be someone in the, in the business world, I lead a team and I had to go to work and I had to address my team members uh, in a really, really bad place. Um, but having the opportunity to do that, to address my team members and, and just tell them like, man, it's, if I feel this way, I know a lot of other people are feeling this way and it's okay to open up and, and talk about it. Um, and another thing about the organization I work for here um, in Charlotte is that we're faith-based and one of the best things is that I had an opportunity to pray. Hmm. I had an opportunity to, to lead live prayer so good. Um, for around 500 people wow. at the company and it was that sadness and that hurt that I experienced from, from watching him, you know, lie on the ground and, and, and cry out for his mom. It was released. It was released to be able to pray with my brothers and sisters, no matter what the color of their race, uh, and come together and, and unite. Um, you know, that, that was a great, just refreshing thing to, because a lot of us right now experiencing this, people are upset, they're angry. They're, they're sad, um, and the first place you need to go is God. Yeah, good. Casey? Casey's been going to the church for about two years. He kind of represents the millennial crew, you know, 20, you're 27, right? 28. 28. See, I'm trying to help you out, man. Single. No, you're not single anymore. You told me you weren't single anymore. I can't say that. All right. <laughs> um, so for me, it's a mix of emotions, um, sadness, anger, um, disgust, because of a lack of humanity, uh, just to watch someone, you know, the, the way that they are treated, um, someone's calling for the mom, begging for their life, and the people that are meant to protect us are harming us, um, not because of what we've done, what we did, or, uh, but really because of who we are, um, because of the color of our skin, and so that's very alarming to me, but um, it put me in a, I guess, a helpless state of being because this is not the first time that something like that has happened. Um, it's, it's just the many of hashtag after hashtag after hashtag, cry after cry after cry. Mm. And at the same time, I feel helplessness and sad and anger, but at the same time, I feel hopeful because it's been seen 
it's being talked about. Um, I think the way to address any problem is to first create awareness, and that's what's happening right now. And what's happening is action. We're having dialogues like this. We're having people talk about it. It's being seen. And so um, I think that it's a, it, it's hurt, it hurts that something had to happen like that for us to even have this conversation, for it to become for it to come to the light, but I'm hopeful that it is finally starting to get talked about and something will change. That's good. That's good. Angela? Sure. And Angela I, Lee has been in our church for 16 years. 16, yeah. 16, 16 and a half. Years. Okay. 16 and yeah. a half. <laughs> um, so this has been a um, very tough few days. I can tell you that I, I watched the video. I could not watch all of the video. Uh, it, was very, it was very hard to get, get through even what I did see. Um, incredibly distressing, heartbroken. I'm a mom. I was filled with outrage. Um, and to know that he called for his mom Right? That is like, just no words for that. Um, I've also felt a lot of fear since then. Um, fear for my husband, my children, friends. I think what's important to know is that this is incredibly traumatic, right? So even though you know, we, we're not related to the Floyd family. It is incredibly traumatic for the African-American community. And the trauma is real. It's real. Phenomenal. I want to read a verse to you out of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. It says, remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Let me read that verse one more time. It says, remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. If we don't have a personal connection with what's going on, this is the whole reason why I wanted to do this today, then you'll never have a personal conviction for the change. Um, whether you agree with everything, what's going on, you know, with, with the intensity that's happening. And, and, and Charles, I wanna ask you, um, you're a young father. How has this shaped the way, if, if it has? I don't know, has this changed the way you're thinking about your son? You know, have you, have you thought about that differently, you know, with regards to how publicized this particular incident is or what's going on right now? I mean, have you and your wife talked about that at all? We talk about it all the time, actually. And, you know, even back to the Ahmaud Arbery situation, he was jogging through a neighborhood, young man, and, you know, was basically hunted down and killed in broad daylight in the middle of the street. You know, this is somebody's kid. Yeah. And having seen some of the injustice, too, on for me personally, I go and jog almost every day when I can. And I'm always conscious of where I am. Make sure I don't, you know, I'm, if I'm running with my hoodie on because it's a little chilly, make sure I take it off when I'm coming around other people because I don't want nobody to trip. You know what I'm saying? And having to think that way is frustrating to me. And it frustrates me to the point to where conversations with my wife is like, what can we do now so that he doesn't have to deal 
with some of these things when he's growing up, you know? And it, it really, it's, a, it's another level of intensity when you have a kid. And you, you know this yeah. as a father, like, you know, it's, it's one thing when it happens to you, but like for the sake of my, my son, I just can't stand by and not do something, especially with this amazing platform that the Lord is giving me in ministry to be a bridge and, and, and serve in a multicultural ministry. And even in the music industry, like the divisions that are present in several industries, you know, just being able to be a voice now is it's important and it, it has to be done. Uh, Montel, you mentioned something um, on, on the phone call that I think is important because you have three kids as well and all under the age of? All under the age of four. Four. Yes, busy and, household. And, and do you think about that? Like, because you're married to a white woman, do you think about when you're out and about? Yeah. Do you do you are you conscious are you conscious about being a black man with a white woman with mixed kids? Absolutely. What does that look <laughs> like? What does that feel like when you're out there? So um man, I'd be lying to you if I said Is it I every day you think about it? No, 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 no absolutely not, absolutely not. But I, I will say from a law enforcement perspective, I would be lying if I told you I wasn't fearful if I drove past a, a law enforcement agent. Um do I think that's okay? No. Um, I, you know, going back to the question you, you mentioned to him about his kids and talking to your kids about that, I do not want my kids to have the same fear that I have today, right? I don't want them to grow up being fearful. I want them to grow up to have respect. I want them to grow up to be conscious and awareness of their scenario and situations, but I do not want them to grow up being fearful. I think fear comes from the enemy, um, and that fear is what creates a cycle of division. And I don't want them to grow up that way. Bob, what do you think is, why do you think this situation has precipitated such an awareness right now? Why do you think right now? That's a great question, Pastor. You know, why right now? Um, well, let's take it back a little bit, right? You know, um, I had a grandfather who served in World War II, right? He went to, um, what well, he reminded me of when he came back, how serving the country, felt so proud, came back to a very discriminative world. And then uh, uncles who served in Vietnam and then come back to a very discriminative world, all right? And as they described some of the things that happened to them, of course, I grew up with that mindset from the beginning, all right? What makes it so impactful now is folks have just had enough, right? We just, we just had enough. You know, it goes back to what I said in the beginning with the senselessness. You know, what, what are we allowed to do that we don't get uh, a benefit of the doubt, right? You know, what, what, what are we allowed to do? You know, can't we just be like regular humans and, and get that benefit of the doubt, like I said in the beginning? You know, uh, what it should have been is, hey, you know, Mr. Floyd, we, we just stopped you because um, we, we believe that, you know, you may have a counterfeit bill. See, that benefit of the doubt. I don't you know where you got it from, right? You know, but uh, you could have, you know, and we just want to stop you. Not handcuffed, right? Not handcuffed over a situation like that. You know, the community, we're just tired of it, right? If we just bring in another scenario uh, where one of the professional athletes, this has been probably two, three months ago, went to a Walmart, and you remember, went to a Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning, parked in a handicapped spot. Now, surely, I mean, he shouldn't have parked in a handicapped spot, but he comes out, you know, three police cars, Next thing you know, he's handcuffed and arrest. Two o'clock in the morning, handicapped spot, the senselessness. That's why, Pastor. That's why now, enough's enough. Wow. 
Um, you know, there's been a lot of, of communication media around the looting, the rioting. You know, there's, there's been, the protests have been fantastic. You know, there's been great conversations and awareness brought, like you said, Casey. Um, but there's also been some criticism to the violence that's been happening. Um, who, who wants to talk about that? Because I think that's important for understanding. Casey, you want to hit that? <laughs> Angela, you can bring it up. You can talk about it too. Not going to um, justify the, the looting. I think um, there's people that are opportunists. Um, there's people that want chaos uh, because protesters don't loot. Protesters don't. Um, protesters are peaceful. And so if you come into an event to protest, that is your objective. And I think some people want chaos and want division. And I think we have to um, fix back our focus um, because the problem is that people are being killed. The problem is injustice. And we have to fix our focus back on Jesus. And I think I say that because when we fix back our focus, we don't allow injustice to happen. We love one another. We protect one another. In Matthew, um, Jesus was talking about, did you, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was thirsty, did you give me something to drink? When I was being beat, abused, and treated unjust, did you stand up for me? And I think the looting is so prevalent in the media because they want you to take your eyes off what is actually happening and we have to fix our focus. It's good, very good. You wanna say something, Angela, about that? Yeah. Uh, very quickly, I just wanna say, just to piggyback on what you were saying, is that the rioting and the looting is absolutely a distraction. And I also want to call attention to, if you find yourself more focused on the rioting and the looting, and you're more outraged with the rioting than the looting, than you are with the original injustice that occurred to George Floyd, that's a hard issue. That is a hard issue. As people of faith, we can never be more outraged at the loss of property versus the loss of life. Okay? Yeah. I wanna so, add, uh, before you, you go, wanna say, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I wanna add another perspective. I wanna just show you an experience that I had gone through. Um, now, let me give you just a little bit of background. Um, Two parents who loved me, sacrificed, sent us to uh, Catholic schools our whole life. My sister and I uh, saved where we could go to college, uh, but still predominantly black neighborhood. I, I got a chance to be a part of a prison ministry. And when I went to that prison ministry, I, I had all these um, uh, words I was going to share with these guys, you know, all these, uh, you know, uh, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, this, that, you know, kind of thing, turn life around, you know, because that was the environment that I was raised in. But when I got there, I found myself with my mouth shut, just listening to their story. Hmm. Because, you know, this oppression has been going on for years, decades, right? I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's like to be a have not. I praise God for that, that I had two hardworking parents. I've not ever wanted for anything. But when I talked to some of these young men who came, because you know how social economic divides us too, ain't that right? Right, you know, we got our races, but in each of our races, you know, you know, haves, middles, have-nots, and all the races. 
And, and, when I, and when I talk to those guys and start to listen to their story, that they never had boots to start with. You see, some of this riding, and I don't condone it at all, but, but as I talk to these guys, when they've gone in stores, right, they've been chased out of stores for wearing a hoodie. You know, when they go in stores, they've been followed as if, remember, we don't get the benefit of doubt, so they've been followed like they're trying to steal something. These stores have emotionally hurt them. So when these situation comes back, going back to Casey, see some of this opportunity, you know, that's their opportunity in their mind now to hurt that store owner. Not condoning it, but just giving you a different perspective. Is that okay? Just a different perspective on, you know, what some of the oppression has done to those who, who live in this society in that have-not zone. Um, Montel, let me ask you this, and, and, and Charles, maybe you can jump on this as well, is how can we move towards, I wanna start kind of thinking about, talking about what it looks like for a solution. How can we move towards a solution, really becoming one, without putting the expectation on one person or on the other person? Because I think that's what happens a lot of times is there's this expectation, well, you need to change. Mm. And so as a, as a believer, as a Christian, because I, hopefully most of us here are Christians, by the end of the service, you can become one. If not, <laughs> um, um, I, I want us to focus our attention as, as Christ followers. Yes, you know. Yes, yes. So how does that play a role for you? So I think that plays a role as I think a few other people have mentioned. It's like we first have to start with God. We have to start with God. We have to start with God. Um, and then within starting with God, um, you know, we have to take a step back to say, what am, let me look internally, right? Let me look internally. Am I, not, am I walking out the way that I need to as a follower of Christ? How am I walking out? Am I walking out being loving? Am I walking out and saying, you know what? Let me understand that other person. Let me be of service to that other person first. Am I walking out as a, as a believer? Um, and, and fighting against injustice, fighting against oppression, but at the same time saying to myself, what can I do? What can I do? Can I be of service to that other person? Because if we are believers, we are believers, we are supposed to look different, we're supposed to talk different, and we're supposed to walk different. People are supposed to look at us and say, something different about that person, right? So if we are people of faith and believers in Christ, we're supposed to do everything differently. So when somebody looks at us, says something wrong to us, I'm supposed to look at that person. I'm supposed to love that person. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah. you know, walking out in faith. Yeah. What yeah, do you I, think, Charles? That, that's it right there. You know, you, he pretty much kind of answered it where the difference that people see is it should be the light of Christ. In, in Isaiah um, chapter 60, around like 1 and 2, it says, uh, it's talking to us, like arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen on us. And then it goes on to say, darkness shall cover the earth, and even deeper darkness will, go, will cover the people, but the glory of the Lord rises on his people to be a light to the world. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine among men that they shall... I think you wrote a shall... song about that. I did. Yeah. See your good works. <laughs> and um, it's on Spotify and all that right now. <laughs> quarantine, y'all. Quarantine. Anyway, um... Yeah, but let your light so shine among men that they shall see your good works and give all the glory to God in heaven. What that means, they shall see your good works. It's not enough to have faith and no works, right? The Bible says faith without works 
is dead. It's pointless. We can talk about we praying for you. We can talk about we going to have this kumbaya. But what are we going to practically do to push the, the ball further up the field so that generations behind us can yeah. live in the true freedom that God promised through the word of God? And so I think it is. It starts right there with the word of God and being the example. And then the last one I'll say on this is um, the question is asked, what is the church's response to the injustice, right, or to this racial tension? What is the church's response? And what it is is the church is the response to what's going on in the world. We have to be the example. The world, they'll follow culture. They'll follow, you know, the, the blind leading the blind. But until we as a church stand and model, practically model bridging, practically model diversity and unity and what that looks like, the world's not going to have a clue. They're going to keep blaming each other and having conversations too. Last thing, I'm sorry. I know I said last thing last time, but this is it. Not just expecting, you know, our, our, our white brothers and sisters to have conversations with their people. This is not like y'all get it together. Because I have to have those same conversations when, when I'm talking about the stuff that, that happens in the home and everybody's real comfortable and getting it in, you know. Like, why do white people always do this and that and other? Or why do black, like, just stopping it there and beginning a new conversation, a new narrative based on the word of God for wow. real, for real. Wow, wow. So let's talk about, let's talk about, just, let's just start down this road. You know, you, you made a good point. We got to push, the, let's, a couple yards at a time, because we're not going to, we're not going to immediately score a touchdown with it. Let's just get it down the field a little bit. Angela, what are your thoughts around on some, some solutions? Where do you see things moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So in many of the conversations I've had in recent days, a lot of people have felt helpless as to what to do. What's, what is their next step? And I believe that everybody, every single person in this room, every single person online, you have a role in this change, right? You have your own unique circle of influence, right? It starts in your home, your conversations at the, the dinner table, the playground with your children. It starts in your office, the conversations you have there with your coworkers. It also starts by just one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. We need to reach out to people that don't look like us. Most of my conversations I had this week are with people that didn't look like me. And that's wonderful, and that's great, and we need more of it. And don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. It's okay. There's grace in all of this. There is enough grace in this world for us to work through this. So just reach out. I challenge you, whether it's a text, a call, your neighbor, something. Start having conversations so you can begin to live in understanding. That's truly where it begins. That's really good. Bob, you had some great scriptures. So I want you to read. Can you, can you read those scriptures to yes, us? Sir. Because I think those are phenomenal. I had to get my glasses. <laughs> you know, um, as we do move forward, and we will, you know, number one, not let division come in here. Can everybody go with me on that? We're not going to let division come yeah. in here. You know, uh, our God. pastors have worked very hard to create something special. But it's only special if we remember why it's special. And it's special because we're united in Christ. I got three uh, scriptures I want you to write down to remind us as we start moving forward. Romans 12 and 10, love each other as brothers and sisters in honor 
others more than we do ourselves. I love that part of honoring others more than we do ourselves. First Peter 4 and 8. Most importantly of all, you must sincerely love each other because love wipes away many sins. And I love the way the Bible is written when the words are very important, right? Sincerely love each other. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 2. Always be humble and gentle. Patiently put up with one another. And again, love each other. And then I'm going to try to get pastor interested in a diversity council, right? I'm going I'm to talk. I, I think it could help them. Our pastors are, are, and our leaders work very diligently to promote diversity. So, when, so how can we help them? I always hate when folks want to um, do a movement, but then they punt the football to the leader, right? And make it all on our pastor's arms. And, and it's all their responsibility. And that's not fair. Right? I think that we can help our pastors um, by anything that they want to do that we have a, a group of folks that he can bounce things by to help them find speakers, to help them you know, um, bring in musicians, to help when we have conferences. How do we promote, continue to promote our diversities? Right? I, I hate to use, you know, white is not an ethnicity, and I don't like to even talk like that. You know, you're, you're Italian-Irish, you're, you're this, that, you're German this. You know, I can envision a wall of all of our ethnicities on there, what we all represent, what we bring to the table, and the strengths behind those as we move forward. Thank you, sir. Awesome, awesome. Can we give them a big hand? You want to say something? Yeah, go ahead, Casey. I think our duty is um, community. Um, we talked about Acts, the book of Acts, a lot over the last couple of weeks. And one thing that was really stood out to me in Acts is that the, the body of Christ, the, the church, was in unity. It was a community. And I think that's so, it's so important to do life with each other, small groups, um, getting out of our comfort zone and doing a small group, not with just your friends or the people that you always do a small group with, but get out and learn something else about someone else. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable because these conversations just like this they have to happen i know it's hard i know it's difficult to to talk like this white and black um it's difficult but we have to have these conversations and so that we can be under unity under one body of christ awesome awesome you no know, last thing that's what makes the life groups that's what makes the life groups so important you know, and I love the fact that we do those because, I mean, we don't have to talk. Just get to know each other. I mean, it doesn't have to be on, you know, these types of issues. I, I found when I taught diversity training, we're more similar than different. And I want you to let that resonate in your mind. We're more similar than different. When we get in these life groups, just where you're from, right? What are your hobbies? And just start a conversation and you're going to find it is easy to yeah. talk to each other very good. because we're more similar than different. Very good. Hey, you know, we have a resource. I'm going to close this up, Bob, unless you have anything else you want to no. say. Uh, <laughs> um, we got a great resource uh, among many resources. This is a friend of mine, uh, uh, Miles McPherson, wrote this book called The Third Option. Uh, he was a football player, now pastors a church in San Diego, California, and this is honestly a great book for white people. Okay, white people? Just want to make it clear, all right? Um, I, I'm not saying that the black people can't read it, 
but this, this book is great because he helps, he helped me understand, hey, when you say this, Troy, let me tell you what black people are hearing. When you make this statement, this is what they're hearing. And it changed my whole vocabulary. Um, and and I, I just want to encourage you, phenomenal book to read. Uh, wasn't this great today? Wasn't this great just to have some good conversation? Thank you guys for joining us. I want to just pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for the beginning of, um, of something important that we want to do. Not just as a church, but God, I, I believe today we spoke prophetically uh, over our nation, over our world, uh, over, over this, this tension, this anger. And Father, we speak peace right now. We speak love. Um, we speak that, that scripture, Romans and Ephesians, over our nation, over our churches, God. We, we, we speak it over our lives, Lord, that we can sincerely love and celebrate the differences that we have with each other instead of point them out. And Father, we can move forward in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you know, maybe, maybe you feel helpless in this situation. Maybe there's a lot of anger, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of brokenness. You feel disconnected. I can tell you it could be because you're, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe you knew him at one time, but you fell away from him. I would love the opportunity to introduce you to my best friend, Jesus, my, the person that changed my life. I mean, he changed me, changed me forever. And he wants to change you. He wants to help you. He wants to bring some peace and joy and hope into your life. If you're here today and maybe you don't know him, maybe you, maybe you stepped away and you know, you, know, you, you know your life is not pleasing to him. You know that you're not right with him. Maybe you're watching and you're sitting by yourself right now and you feel so alone. I can tell you right now, the presence of God is right there with you and he desires a relationship with you. Jesus died for you. He shed his blood. He became sin so that you did not have to live in your sin, shame or guilt anymore. If you're here today in this room, maybe watching and you wanna get right with God, I just wanna simply lead you in a prayer as the first step. It's not the only thing you need to do, but it is the first step in getting right with God and connecting with him. Um, so, so if you're here, I would love to lead you in a prayer. Church, can we just join with them as they make this declaration? Pray this out loud so you can hear it with your own ears. Just say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that his blood washes me completely of all my sin and all my mistakes. Today, I decide I will follow you and I will worship you, Lord, with my whole life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we give them a big hand? Isn't that great? Awesome, awesome. I hope you enjoyed today. We'll continue having this conversation online, offline, wherever. Life groups are kicking off to this weekend, right? This weekend, make sure you join one of those, connect. I think there's Zoom life groups, there are in-person life groups, however you want them. They're, they're there for you. God bless you guys. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Give them one more hand and you are dismissed. God bless you. Thank you guys. Very good.